Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hi everyone, Macca19 here and you are listening to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast live on Port Fan Radio. And joining us again as co-host, the wonderful Rick. How are you, mate? Mate, how are we going? What's going on? Uh, it's, uh, I'm a bit worried. We're up against the juggernaut of MasterChef now, Macca. I know. Because this is, uh, tough this time is of the year for us. It is. Yep. We and have... house rules. Hey. And house rules. And house rules. So are you really going to mute me later? Uh, no, if you want to get it over and done with now, or after I bring in our guest, that would that nah, would be great. I'll, I'll do it randomly at some point when we uh, when we run out of things to talk about. All right, great, wonderful. And look, uh, we are also joined once again by El Scorcho. Thanks for having me again, boys. Always a pleasure. Too easy. So, very good. Thanks for coming back on. Anytime. I think uh, Stuart to Austin pulled out late and. Well, I, I like to think that I beat him up and stole his lunch money and made him give up the spot so I could take it. Pretty so. much. <laughs> I heard he got stage fright. He got intimidated by the talent of Macca and uh, pulled out in the, at the last yeah. minute. Absolutely. And Hope he's the listening. deep dulcet tones of Rick as well. Yeah, baby. Yeah. My God, have you seen Timmy D11's first post? It's a monster, isn't it? I don't. Even, I, I haven't seen it. I Sorry, seen it. Timmy. Uh, I don't read posts that go for that long. Uh, it's not bad. I'd, I'd have a read when you get the chance. He maybe needs to break it up a little bit more, but no, it's not too bad. Hmm. What he's talking about, about is pretty good. Oh, that's good. I shall give it a read. It is. <laughs> it is a, an encyclopedia. <laughs> well, how are we feeling about this week, boys? Oh, nervous. Mm. <laughs> it's a bit like how are you feeling, Macca? Nervous. Yep. Nervous is a good descriptor of how I'm feeling at the moment. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I feel like our uh, season's uh, hanging on a bit of a precipice or something at the moment and uh, you know, could fly off the cliff if we don't perform this week. Yeah, I heard a rumour that Macca's confident and he's picking port by 150 points. Well, let's not go <laughs> overboard. 105, I think it was. I know you're dyslexic, but uh, come on. <laughs> That's exactly right. I don't know. I, I'm a bit... I it's hard. I feel like we're sort of in a position now where we have to respond, don't we? Um, yeah. I feel like Ken's, we were last week, though, weren't we? Ken's brought out the big guns, though, with his almighty spray, apparently. So um, I think... You know, if they're going to respond, this is going to be the game after the emotional high of the 2014 final, the the dramatic loss over the last two weeks when we supposedly were expected to win. Ken ripping paint off the walls, apparently, as rumour goes. Um, You know, threats of mass sackings and beheadings in the club. Uh, You'd think this is the week that we will be uh, coming up with the goods. Yeah. You would hope so. I mean, it's definitely time to stand up and fight this week, and you know we, we've just got to get over the line. And look, we want to hear from everyone out there as well. Send in your tweets. Can we turn it around this week and get our season back on track? 
I guess, is it season over if we do lose this week? And uh, can we send Kane off in style? <laughs> season over. Wow. Don't, don't even talk about it. It's still pretty early on, but you just can't, you know, with the tough draw we've got, you can't afford to drop winnable games at home. Um, West Coast was a disaster. Brisbane away, who were, were bottom, was a disaster. Um, six bad quarters of football in a row. Uh, you'd hope we bounce back, and given a bit of the talk this week, it's going to be, a, well, there's, there's pressure on a lot of guys to, to step up. Not that there, was, there wasn't any way, but, you know, given that there's stuff about Ken stripping paint off the walls and stuff like that, uh, you want to hope we bounce back, otherwise it, it goes back to you know the uh, the line in the sand of five years ago where we drew so many lines in the sand that we probably dug ourselves a big hole. Um, mm. So we don't want to see that again. <clears throat> no, that's it. And look, send in your tweets to hashtag PortFanRadio and we'll get to them during the show. And of course, the game we're talking about is, uh, yes, another Sunday Twilight game. I'm almost sick of these. Um, and it's round eight. It's uh, Port Adelaide taking on Richmond at Adelaide Oval. We've got a 15-9-1 win-loss record. And, of course, the last time we met was that incredible final last year where we just blitzed them in that uh, just about the best opening quarter we've ever played. It was yeah. sublime. Uh, absolutely. With with all that build-up uh, in that Guernsey, um, when Richmond, you know, Richmond having won, what, nine in a row and up and about and uh, just silenced them so quickly, uh, there's never really been anything like it. Maybe apart from the... Uh, Apart from the Hawthorne first quarter this year, yeah, just irresistible football. Uh, I think I put it God mode a few times on uh, on Big Footy. It's just unstoppable when we get into that kind of set. So, what were your boys' choice between the Hawthorne quarter and the uh, the Richmond quarter? I mean, Hawthorne was such a, a a tougher opponent in theory, but um, just the final the uh, the. You know, the, I guess the Guernsey as well make, is a part of the whole kind of experience. So I think I'm going to say the, the Richmond quarter just shades it, but yeah, not much in it. What did you choose, I'm, I'm going to say, oh, it's really hard because I love the Richmond final playing in the prison bars and doing what we did like that in front of a full house in a final was just incredible, but... I don't know, you know, beating Hawthorne the way we did in that first quarter against a full-strength Hawthorne and full-strength Premiership uh, team was uh, was pretty good. Yeah, so I'm going to say Hawthorne, just. I by, think the uh, I think the uh, the Richmond final there was more on um, more on the line though, wasn't there? Oh, oh yeah, yeah I mean we, we certainly yeah. had a lot more to play for, and you know it was a, a cutthroat final and. You know, we we tore them to pieces, but based on the, uh, I don't know, based on the, the quality of the opposition, um, I think the Hawthorne won ever so slightly just in front. But I could easily change my mind on that. I think for the uh, just the the fear factor we put into the other sides, because <clears throat> I don't think we're as consistent over four quarters as any of the other good sides. Um, I don't think you know. I, I think over four quarters, consistency wise. You know, Sydney, Frio, Hawthorne are better than us in that sense because they're older and more experienced. But um, they all know that similarly with Frio in the second half, uh, we, we weren't maybe not to the level of those two quarters. But, um, yeah, we just blew them away. And it, we've got that kind of extra gear that other teams don't have. Um, uh, and that would scare teams. Hawthorne know that we're going to pile on five or six goals in a row against them and they're not going to be able to do much. So... Uh, that that kind of fear factor and intimidation factor psychologically is important, I think, against good teams. Yep, no doubt. 
Do you think there is still a uh, some wounds there for Richmond after what happened last year? Oh, the, yeah, hopefully. And, and I was probably going to talk about it later, but I think it's pretty important that we open those wounds back up very early on. Um, yep. If we kick the first three or four, they're just going to think it's all happening again. And as we know with Richmond, they're just a bunch of downhill skiers. All their all their best players play well when they're on top and go missing when they're uh, when they're up, you know up against it. So if we it, you know the most important you know three or four goals of the game in the first four, if we can if we can build a lead early, we'll blow them away. And that's it. Yeah, don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm very captivated by this week's round. Either way, um, it's a win-win because if we get if we start getting beaten, I'm just going to uh, drink more. <laughs> and uh, if we start becoming victorious, I'm probably just going to drink more and celebrate. So uh, either way, it, it should be. Uh, either way, quite... you're going to get hammered and take your pants off, probably. So, well, I've got to go back to this room again. So uh, probably, probably not that far. And I don't know. <laughs> would you really want to see that, Macca? No, not not at all. Not at all. Come on, don't lie. You've already seen it once before. So, oh, come on. <laughs> Three times before, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so this is getting awkward, so uh, right. The game, the uh... game starts going to be the important part, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we've really got to come out and uh, influence the game early. Would you guys say that is a correct call? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, We've got to hit them on the front foot and look, if we can do something similar to what we did to them last year, that would be, uh, that would be fine by me, but yeah, look, I, I think it's Absolutely crucial if we get the first couple of goals and and really put the pressure on. And as you said, all Scorcho, you know, once uh, once Richmond feel the pressure, it's um it's usually all downhill for them from there. Yeah, that's right. Maybe just for our own confidence as well. Like we've again six really bad quarters in a row where we just haven't been able to get a hold of teams that have just been, uh, I guess, more organised and you know more kind of workmanlike against us. Um, Richmond, I, I wouldn't say are a particularly organised or workmanlike side. Um, so that's theoretically an advantage to us that we're not going to be kind of up against that kind of team. But, um, yeah, we, we really do, just for our own confidence to get back into it, to start well and start to believe again. Because you can see against Brisbane, we just looked like we it was never quite going to happen for us, was it? You know, We just didn't seem like yeah. we were going to be able to turn it around. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the, the moment, and even with the West Coast game, I thought the momentum in the third quarter shifted, and I, I just couldn't see us getting that back either. So, um, it's, it's yeah, it's really intriguing. And I noticed Port Fan Radio was a little bit controversial um, last night, Macca. Did you notice that? I did not. What happened? Um, we asked the question: Would um, would Kane Corns shake? Troy Chaplin's hand at the end of the game. A few people were disgusted by uh, the question itself, but a lot of people had a comment. What do you guys think? I'll reword it though. If you were Kane Corns, would you be shaking Troy Chaplin's hand at the end of the game? Yes, probably. I would. Absolutely. Yeah. It's You've just moved not worth. On. Troy Chaplin is so insignificant that it's not worth the. Uh, the I guess giving him the uh, the honour of not having his hand shaken, you know, um, he's just he's just not significant to this club anymore, you know. Shake his hand, give him a look in the eye, which says you know you know good career decision there, chappy. We were very happy to get rid of you. Uh, hopefully after a comfortable win, um, but I just think you do it just so it doesn't become a story. 
it doesn't deserve, you know, in, in all of, you know, Corn's 300th game and his retirement and hopefully a good win, um, Chaplin, unless he does something particularly hilarious to concede a goal, uh, he doesn't deserve to be the story. So shake his hand. Mm. Everyone forgets about it. Do you think do you think he'll be buzzing around like a plane if they're winning this week, or do you think he might be a bit more respectful to the uh, to the crowd? Oh, no, he'll be giving yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, he'll be giving it. After, after what we did to him last year in the final, he'll be absolutely giving it if uh, yeah, if the Tigers he's... are winning and he kicks a couple of goals. He's been uh, he's been saving it up since uh, a fan came up to him at Westlake all those years ago, and you know I've really upset him and. Yeah. Asked him uh, for his autograph. Asked him for his autograph, you know, heinously, uh, with malice, asked him for his autograph, uh, and he had to run away to Richmond. So, yeah, no, look, he's, he, he, he'll have a bit of respect for Kane, I have no doubt. He won't have a lot of respect for the fans, and no doubt he'll be, you know, fist-pumping and getting into us if they're doing well. So, hopefully, we squash him early and that doesn't happen. That's it. Look, we've got a tweet from uh, Nicholas Teal, one of our hosts for The Maggie Show. And uh, he has said, for those who have nothing to do on Friday night, uh, the Maggie's Reserves, the academy team, will be taking on South Adelaide at Norlunga at uh, 7.10. So if you want to join Nick and the uh, f- four other people uh, travelling to uh, Antarctica to watch the uh, Port Maggie's Reserves, then um, that'll be a good thing. Nicholas, is, uh, his commitment is an absolute credit to him. Uh, I, it is. Yeah, I, know, I know some absolute diehard Port fans, but I don't know anyone who would drive down to Norlunga uh, on a Friday night to watch the academy sides. So, well done to him. It's amazing. Nicholas, don't do it, man. You're not well. <laughs> you got off your deathbed to do the show last night. Stay home, rug up, and rest, my friend. Don't put yourself in jeopardy of missing out on the show next week. I'm sure the boys will be able to do it without you. Well, what happens yeah, we... in the Magpies hour, though, if he doesn't, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him. He, oh. he carries that show with uh, with that kind of... Uh, Herculean oh. effort to go see all the games. So he can he can just wing it, read a match report <laughs> and wing it. That's right. <laughs> and we've got another tweet uh, from Dylan Khan Rick. Uh, that Chaplin handshake theoretical isn't even a thing worth raising. So cheers, Dylan, for that. And, Piss uh... off, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next. All right. So, what about the teams? What about the teams? Let's talk about the teams because we. I'm only joking, the, uh... Dylan. Too. <laughs> sure you are, Rick. We've got a couple of uh, interesting selections, I guess. Um, uh, Sam Gray has come off the rookie list, and it has been said that he's definitely playing on the weekend. So that's a bit of a surprise. I certainly didn't expect that, even though Sam Gray's probably been in better form than uh, probably most of our SANFL players. So it's uh, great to see Sammy Gray back in the side again. And um, Obviously, Bobby Carlisle and Ollie Wines come back in, which is fantastic. Um, Paul Stewart's been named in the 25 as well. I guess um, from an interest standpoint um, is the fact that Matty Broadbent and Hamish Hartlett are named on the bench. Um, so I'm not sure if uh, you know if that's a little bit ominous for one of those players um, and whether there might be a bit of a shock um, dropping this week. But um, I don't know. What do you guys think might happen? Well, I, I mean, obviously with... Uh, if you look at our halfbacks in the moment, we've... We've obviously brought Carlisle back, and he's not a halfback, but then uh, we're just playing a lot of kind of running halfback type players with, um, you know, Broadbent, um, MP, um, uh, Pittard, and Cracker. Uh, and you can't really fit four of those players in. I know our style relies on that kind of run from defense and the slingshot, but uh, four of them is too many. Um, so you'd, you'd mm. think one of Broadbent or MP would have to drop out. Um 
yeah, I, look, I, I pro- I'd probably say Broadbent's got the runs on the board. It'd be very unlucky for Impey, who was reasonable last week. I made a few mistakes, but overall reasonable. But very, very good in the SNFL the week before. Um, so I would think that Broadbent would stay in, and we'd probably have Mitchell, uh, Impey, and then one of Eamon or Stewart drop out. Yeah. Do you think Ken might have is playing a little bit of uh, poor, um, poor games, mind games here, and and maybe put them two on the bench and ha- actually hasn't told them if they're playing or not, just to get them a little bit on edge? Possibly. Uh, yep. Possibly. Possibly. But, yeah, yeah look, yeah, it will, one of those two will go, I think. Do you think it's beneficial to drop Hamish Hartlett? Uh, no, absolutely we, not. Are we? That's 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 the question. You know, are we going to be a better team with him in the reserves? Well, the reserves aren't playing, um, but with him, yeah, out of the side, that's the million dollar the dollar question. And I guess the same then goes for Matthew Broadbent. Are we a better team with him not in the side? Oh, I don't. Matthew so. Broadbent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think. Um... Either would be true, but um, you know, it might be a bit of a, a good wake-up call for Brody. He hasn't had a particularly good year. I thought his uh, his game against Brisbane was probably his best of the year so far, but still not up to his normal sort of standard. Hartlett's been a little bit disappointing in recent weeks. Um, I think it would be a disaster if we dropped Hartlett. I think um, he's the sort of character that would... Uh, I don't know, he'd come back into the side and not perform, I don't think. I don't think it would be a good wake-up call for him. I think it might be a better wake-up call for Brody. I think he's the sort of player um, that if he gets dropped, he'll work his, work his ass off, come back into the team and, and start to dominate as we know he can. I was about to say about the same thing. Uh, the, the selections of Stu, uh, you know, Gray and Stewart um, are both players, I guess, who traditionally don't have a real good role at AFL level, but at SNFL level, they've been our most consistent players, you know, consistently in the best, consistently racking up a lot of touches and doing good things. Um, so whether it's a, a recognition that, you know, guys are, are not performing in the AFL side uh, and we are going to reward form and that's why those two guys go on to the emergencies and possibly get a game, um, you know, that maybe that's a bit of a theme of the week for them, uh, that you know, you, you've got to be informed to play, and if you're not informed, you won't get a game. Yeah. Well, really, Paul Stewart deserves his opportunity. He yeah. he was he was our, one of our best, if not best, running defender in the preseason. Uh, I, I was surprised he didn't get an opportunity come round one. Um, so, and he's, he's earned his uh, stripes in the SANFL, so... He deserves it. And I'd also like to say, I'm going to give a little bit of a slap on the wrist to the selectors tonight, and I'd, I'd be interested to hear what other people think, if they can be bothered tweeting in or, or even calling in. But I think they actually uh, let Cam O'Shea down because yeah. clearly he should not have been selected last week and they selected him anyway and then they've pumped him this week. Um, how How's that good for his confidence? I don't know. Uh, and what what message is that sending is very confusing. But you know his form didn't warrant selection in the first place, and they picked him, and then they they've dropped him after a, an average game. Well, I don't understand what what they were really expecting there. Yeah, it was a bit harsh, a bit harsh. You would you would have thought maybe Paul Stewart might have been the the better selection last week, but as I said in the review, I think maybe they just thought they needed an an extra sort of tollish defender there with Carlisle out of the side, but. 
Yeah, he didn't play well. He's straight back out of the team again. It's definitely a bit harsh, I think. But you know, hopefully he bounces back um, because Cam O'Shea in uh, in top form is as good as anyone. Yeah, absolutely. He um, you know, he, he should never have been selected as as we've said, and uh, didn't have a good game. But I mean, I guess he had the opportunity to take his chance. Um, you know, similarly last year, he, came, he kind of came in when we had some issues with uh, with Trengove and Carlisle, and then really took his chance and made himself really undroppable. Um, and obviously didn't do it this time. So you just wonder what happens with him and how his form fluctuates so much because we know when he's on, he is a really you know hard nut, courageous, um, you know intelligent ball using running defender who can who can defend and and uh, rebound as well. So you know why that disappears in the first six months of a season, I'm not sure. It's strange. Catherine McDonald's just tweeted in asking if Sam Gray's elevation elevation means we lose crack in a few weeks when Frampton comes back. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Maybe, maybe for a week. There. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, does uh, does Kane Corns retiring mean we get to elevate someone? No, it doesn't. Could it doesn't. we theoretically no. put Kane Corns on the uh, long term injury list? No, because he's not time, injured. Huh? He's not injured. No. Well, That's that could be arranged though. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's only. If there's only special circumstances, if someone retires because of an injury, then they can ask to be put on the long-term injury list. And sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say no. But if someone's just retiring for the sake of retiring, then they can't be put on the long-term injury list. So we're essentially down a player um, up until round 11 when we can um, elevate someone for free anyway. So... I mean, it's possible. I don't think Frampton will be back by then, so I think Cracker will most likely just stay on the senior list, and he'll be that one free upgrade that we can upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cracker's pretty much booked his place. He's been really consistent. I mean, I know people are saying he's not playing a lot of game time, which is an issue uh, when we're struggling with work rate and to run out games. But um, yeah, he's playing really well with the time he's on the field. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was some sort of uh, hoo-ha today about uh, him being the sub and a lot of people saying that he wouldn't make a good sub, but I actually reckon he'd be a fantastic sub. Because, you look, as you said, I mean, he hasn't been playing a lot of game time and he's really been struggling in second halves in his game so far. I think he's only averaging about three touches um, in the second halves this year. I reckon he'd be a fantastic sub. You know, he's got lightning pace, he can use the ball well. I reckon he'd come on and dominate. Yeah, I tend mm. to agree. I think, uh, yeah, with, with his speed and with his just really, you know, really good ball use, um, running against tired defenders, you know, could really be beneficial for us. So I'd be happy to see him as a sub, and I probably expect that to happen. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, uh, you know, yeah, I think I probably expect that to happen. Depends on who gets picked, obviously. Um, yeah. So I, who I would, would you four be? Who would you four be on the interchange bench? For me, it would be Brody, Hartlett, Impey, and Gray. I reckon that's who's going to play. Okay. Right. We know Gray's in. I would have Brody and Hartlett as well. Uh, and then, as I said, I don't think I, I'm. I don't want to drop Impey, and I don't think he deserves to be dropped. But we can't play that many kind of halfbacks. Um, Paul Stewart might get a gig because of his because uh, of his versatility. Um, Eamon didn't do anything wrong, so I'd say I'd say Brody, Hartlett. Uh, Gray and one of Stewart or Eamon. I'm not sure. Not sure yet. Okay. Is it harsh on Kane Mitchell because he's had a, a pretty good season today? Yes and no. Um, 
I just don't know what he offers when we're struggling. Um, mm. You know, he, he's a running midfielder, which is, is fine. Um, and he's, his run is really useful when we're winning the ball and turning it over and breaking. And, you know, you've got Brett Ebert breaking and taking contested mark on the half, you know, half back line. And then he turns and Mitchell's run on. But when we're up against it and we can't win ball in the middle and, and uh, the other team's crowding our stoppages, he just doesn't offer enough. Um, he's, you know, he's a bit like a, you know, a one-trick pony in that sense. And he needs to develop a few more strings to his bow and develop a bit of an inside game so he can he can compete when 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 we're, we're I guess we're a bit up against it. Yeah. What about well, I reckon, I reckon uh, Hamish Hartlett, Paul Stewart, Sam Gray, and Amon will be the sub again. Okay. And I think Sam... I reckon they probably suspected either... Or they weighed up between Sam Gray or Jake Need um, for that forward pressure position. And I think they've gone, given Sam Gray's opportunity, I think he deserves his opportunity. And I, I think it's a bit um, disappointing of some of the fans, on, especially on Big Footy, um, you know, with the vanilla comments and stuff like that. He's, uh, he's earned his position. And I'm with you, Macker. He had a few good games last year, and then he sort of drifted off with his influence. But... I guess if they're playing pretty much the permanent small forward, I mean, what can you expect? Uh, Mid-team possessions, a couple of goals at best. And if your side's getting pumped like last week, yeah, you're lucky if your small forward will get 10 possessions and kick a goal. So, uh, mm. you know, I think people maybe uh, are marking Sam a little bit unfairly. And I don't think he's in there to be our uh, one of our key midfielders. So, um, But it is quite interesting with the number of uh, defenders... Uh, that we have listed in the squad. Yeah. I, I think with Gray, I think one thing we've really lacked over the past couple of, or I guess, six quarters that we've struggled is any any form of crumbing at all, um, whether it be down, back, up, forward. It just seems to be other teams getting more, well, both Brisbane and West Coast got more numbers to the contest and then ran the ball away. Um, so, it, you know, unless we clunked a mark, it just didn't seem to matter Um what we did going forward. So maybe Gray will be used in, in that role where he's, he is a bit of a follower, but hopefully he can get down, you know, back and back and forward. And uh, he's, he's not too bad at sharking the pack like that. He's very effective in that sort of role at uh, SNFL level. So um, he's, he's, oh, I mean, he's cleaner than, I think he's cleaner than Kay Mitchell, but he's probably not the cleanest player. Uh, but that's, you know, that'll come with experience and time at AFL level. So hopefully yeah. he can, he can improve us in that area. And, you know, I was probably expecting need to come in for that, uh, that purpose, but Gray's probably the next best thing based on what we've got yeah. in the SNFL. Look, we want people to, uh, or we want the club to sort of promote players that have played well and are in, in are in great form. And Sam Gray's certainly in great form. He's arguably been our best SNFL player for the year so far. Um, you know, he's got his positive and negative traits. So I love the way that he gets space on his uh, opponent. Um, don't particularly like the fact that he fumbles a fair bit. I, I think he uh, he often thinks he's got less time than what he actually does. So if he can sort that out, he'll be uh, really good. And that typing is really annoying. Oh, shit. I thought I'd muted them. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Good on you, Rick. <laughs> Our scorcher, I told you not to type when we're live. Sorry, I, got I, bought you, listen. Really loud, I bought this really loud uh, keyboard and I'm uh, <laughs> showing off. <laughs> Do you have a keyboard from like 1986, Rick? No, I've actually got a really, uh, a really good keyboard. Is it a, one of those high technical tech. keyboards? Is no, it... high tech, wireless, keyless entry, remote control, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. It's, um, but I, I, I do type very heavy handed. 
Sorry, where were we? <laughs> that's that's not annoying at all either. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let's talk about Richmond for a bit because they're probably in a pretty similar position to us. I think uh, a lot of people expected them to have a, a pretty good year this year and really push for finals and, and hopefully for them push for top four and it just hasn't happened so far this year. They've only beaten Carlton, Brisbane and, uh, and Collingwood so far. Um, I guess, are we concerned about what they can do on paper? They've got a very good team. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they were expected to do quite well, but if you look at how they did last year, they, they, they fell into the eight with nine wins in a row, probably the only really impressive win coming over a, a very flat Sydney. So, mm. did you know, Did the, are they as good as, as everyone was saying? I think people got a bit caught up in the hype of the of the nine in a row, but there is, I mean, and then in the final, they played like a team that fell into the eight against a team that fell out of the four. So yeah. I, I think on paper, they are very good. But as, as I said earlier, they've got a lot of those, you know, downhill skier types like Delidio and Cochin and, and Martin who look really good when they're up and about. And, and then as soon as the pressure's on, they just wilt and, uh, and don't really offer much. You don't have someone like a, a Joel Selwood or, a, you know, sometimes Travis Boak, uh, who, who would pick you up and drag you over the line. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a fair call. Yeah, I do agree with that. Look, they beat Collingwood on the weekend and all their guns came to play. You know, Delidio had 30 touches, 13 marks, two goals. Cochin had 32 touches and two goals. He's probably having a career best year so far. Um, Sean Griggs uh, moved on to a forward flank a little bit and uh, he kicked 28 and, uh, sorry, he had 28 touches and two goals and Rewalt kicked four goals. Rewalt's obviously their star up forward. I mean, he's kicked 12 goals in their three wins, but um, you know he tends to be really well held um, in their losses. Yeah, that's right. And he, I mean, he's similar. It just seems to be a bit of a Richmond cultural thing, doesn't it? They just, you know, when they're struggling and they're up against it, their stars who you would expect to be uh, to dominate to be dominating for them just go missing. Yeah. So and um, Andrew has given us a compliment, boys, and and said that uh, it's great to hear some fair and respectful commentary on Port Adelaide, and she loves my typing. Keep up the good typing. And uh, She did she not say that, Rick. All right, she didn't put that bit in there. And uh, Bevan, you've, uh, you've got a fan, Serge. Bevan's a big fan and, enjoyed, oh. <laughs> and, uh, and is enjoying the work, and he's enjoying my bongo playing, which I won't do again because I'll bust <laughs> Macca's eardrums because he's very sensitive. So, but feel free to call in, guys, Port Fan Radio and Skype, and give us a, a view. I mean, I'm worried about Brett Delidio. Uh, I've got scars from the times where we don't pay him any attention and he runs wild. So uh, will that be Kane's last mission? Yeah, you, you think he'd go to Delidio or Cochin. Um, and, mm. and I'd expect if we're up and about, he'll shut one of them out of the game. Uh, if we have a quiet one, then he, they'll probably get on top of him. So uh, just, just with their players. So you'd, you'd hope he'd get someone and just, you know, just keep someone to, you know, six touches or something like that in a in a kind of, a, you know, you know vintage Kane performance. But um, whatever he does, I'm sure he'll be giving it his all. And I'm ho- hopefully the boys will back him up and make sure he has a good win in his position. I'm going to go a little bit left of centre and say that he's going to go to Anthony Miles. Anthony Miles, good call, yeah. Clearance machine. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, yeah, good against that sort of player. Miles, I can tell you one thing, Macca. Okay? Yeah. If, if bloody Dustin Martin does five or more fend-offs in the game, we're, pun- <laughs> we're punching on in the lounge. Cause it's, oh, great. Shit's me how he keeps getting away with that stuff. Uh, he's... he's a very good proponent of the fend, isn't he? I was, I was kind of oh. hoping Need would come in because you know Need's got a bit of the uh, 
you know, uh, I just wanted to see Need bring him down. He, he tries to fend Need, thinking Need's going to be nothing, and he and Need brings him down. A bit of the, you know, George Gregan bringing down Jonah Lomu type type tackle. Um, you know, uh, I, I'd I'd love to see him tackle when trying one of those fends against, especially a littler guy like uh, like Need or maybe even Gray. So hopefully he tries it this week and it doesn't work out for him. That's so it. probably uh, the the player I'm most interested in from their side is Rance because Rance seems to have been anointed in the past six months as the greatest centre-half back to have ever played the game. Um, and I'm not really sure where that came from because, he's. I mean, he, I think he was All-Australian last year. So he's quite a solid, you know, good centre-half back. But I don't think he's um, he's head and shoulders above everyone else in the league. But uh, a lot of the discussion at the start of the year was, you know, it's pretty, you know, it's it's Rance's All-Australian going to take. Um, and I just, I mean, he's good, but I'd really like to see whoever he goes to I'm assuming that'll be uh, be Schultz. I'm, I'd really like to see Schultz kick a bag on him if, if it is Schultz yeah. he takes, um, because I just think he's a good centre half back. But I, you know, the couple of times I've watched the footy show, they're just going on and on about how good a player he is and and how he's just going to you know sweep aside anyone in who he plays. And yeah, I just I've never I've never seen such a kind of a I guess a high level of hype about a player who, while while good, probably doesn't isn't quite deserving of that. That's it. I think statistically he's very, very good. I think um, I think a month into the season he hadn't actually conceded a goal yet. So defensively he's fantastic. Um, can do a little bit going forward as well. And yeah, I do agree. I, I reckon he'll go to Schultz. And you would expect Chaplin to go to Westhoff and probably Grimes to go to Ryder. Um, they're the matchups I'd like to see anyway. But um, I mean, their tall forwards are probably the section that uh, worries me the most. I think if their midfield gets off the leash a little bit, then... You know, they've got the height and the X-Factor up forward to uh, cause us a little bit of damage. We've already spoken about Rewalt, but Vickery kicked three goals last week. Um, they've named Ben Griffiths, who's uh, had a pretty good season as well. And Liam McBean, I'm not sure whether he'll get dropped or not, but um, you know, he kicks a lot of goals in the VFL and will get his chance sometime soon as well. Yeah, you'd hope we've got the... Uh, if any team's got the tall defensive uh, post to, to deal with them, we do. Um mm. Our, our thing will be, I guess, winning contests decisively. Um, given last week, we we would break even in the air uh, as we do because you know Homsch is the golden fist. Uh, Trengo and Carlisle, oh Carlisle didn't play obviously, but Trengo is very strong as well. But uh, the ball would hit the ground, and that's where we'd struggle, and that's where they they get on top of us. So I, I think we'll be able to match them in the air, and unless their midfield gets really dominant on us, like uh, like Brisbane and West Coast in the second half did, um, I think we'll be able to hold them well. Uh, but my my worry is guys like uh, Martin and Edwards when the balls hit ball hits the ground because that's where we've been weak in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And so who the, goes for Ewald? Do you expect uh, Homsch or Carlisle? Uh, I don't know if he's really Carlisle's kind of forward. I think he's probably a little bit athletic for Carlisle. Generally, Homsch would take that sort of player because uh, he can just Homsch just gets behind him and gets the fist in for every kick, doesn't he? He's, you know, he just kills the contest when it's time to. Very rarely makes has has a, makes a mistake. I think I'm a big Jack Homsch fan. Um, I would hope Homsch would go to him, depending on what what sort of game he is. If, he, if he's going to sit on the ground and wrestle with Homsch, then Carlisle's probably more suited. But I would I would expect Homsch to start on him. Yeah, I'd I'd go with that. I'd go with uh, Trengove on Vickery and and Edwards uh, on Carlisle. But it, our team's pretty positional these days, so I guess it's just going to be who's in the full back position. I would imagine. And that's who Carlisle will take. And, you know, people are starting to confuse me now, Macca, which isn't hard, but we've actually got someone uh, we've got someone messaging us um, on Facebook with their comment, not Twitter okay. or not posting, 
and Glitch from Dubai. And he said he's filling... We're filling in his last hour of the week very well, so he's very happy. And he, he'd like to see Cracker come in as a sub and run him up forward or off the wing to provide some run and decent disposal inside 50. I'd like that. Yeah, I tend to I'm agree. Well, it was an interesting stat that someone put out on Big Footy today, wasn't it, that he's only averaging 3.7 disposals in the second half. Yeah, which is and what I mentioned about 15 minutes ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah. And, I'm just reiterating that's a, your genius. <laughs> that's all. And that's a, I mean, along with that, there's that you know 60, 69 percent of game time, which is kind of, I guess, where you know when Wines first was drafted, we were managing him through. That's the sort of game time percentages he was getting, mm. and we we slowly worked him up. And I guess uh, Crack, not coming from a, you know, years and years of AFL background, he's going to have to build that up. But um, it, I mean, it's an issue for a senior player. But as the, I mean, he might find that as the sub, he can come on and, and just dominate. He's got all the kind of things you need to dominate as a sub. He's got the pace. He's got the vision. Um, he, yeah, you know, spot anywhere. He's really good touch kicking, but good long kicking as well. Um, he can play pretty well anywhere on the ground. So, uh, you know, he'd, he'd be a good player to have as the sub, I reckon. That's it. I'd even like to see him up forward. We saw him do a really good job up forward in the uh, in the SANFL finals last year. So, be interested to see if he can uh, play up forward and kick a few goals. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely capable. Definitely capable. Mm. So I guess the big question that I've got is um, we almost screwed it uh, with Dom's farewell against Melbourne last year. We almost lost that game. Are the players going to be able to deal with the pressure of sending off a club hero this week? Yes, oh, of course they yeah. can. I don't. I think that's not the issue. The confidence is just the issue now. Do they still believe? Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree. I think, you know, uh, if, if we hadn't played two bad games in a row, you, you, you might talk about that, whether, whether it is pressure. But at the moment, they're under so much pressure anyway because they've just lost to Brisbane. So, um, as Rick says, do, do they still think they can win? Do they still think they're a better side than Richmond? And, and can they hunt the ball and get more numbers to contests and, and, uh, and compete? Because... You know, the last couple of weeks we haven't. So whether that's uh, structural issues, whether that's allowing more teams, uh, sorry, other teams to get more players to the ball, um, you know, it, it's, it's tough to know. But you, you'd hope they are, are very hungry, not only because of Kane's 300s, not only because of his retirement, but because we just lost to Brisbane uh, and that's really inexcusable. And you'd have to think some guys, if we lose again this week, uh, some, some big names would be losing their spots. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's get a bit of a prediction. Who's going to win? And who's going to be best on ground? Who is going to win, Macca? <laughs> you tell me, Rick. You go first. I'm asking you. Age might before be, beauty, mate. It might be interesting with the uh, with the tips. I, I'm going port. I, I think we, we're going to turn it around. I, I loved Russell Ebert's get during the week where he posted the... Um, the Ross Lion. Who else has got a squeaky chair? It's not just me. That is me. They're communicating with each other now. Um, but he posts up Ross Lyons uh, presser from when they lost to us and they were 4-4 four and four last year. And, uh, and he came out and said, we're just an average side. And they were an average side that was still able to string a whole lot of great games together and uh, made the top four. So I think, myself included, we're, we're being a little bit dramatic. And the media is being very harsh and critical. And I, that was always going to happen because Port Adelaide had such a high benchmark after the previous two years. 
Um, but I, uh, I feel that uh, we're going to come good, we're going to believe, and we're going to smash them off the park by 20 points. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. I tend to agree. I think we're going to. I think we're going to win. Um, I think uh, again, yeah, similar kind of thing. I, I, I really want to be hopeful of that we're going to we're going to be on top. And I think if we're on top, we're way too good for them. Um, I think we'll smother them early. I'm hoping we come out breathing fire and smother them early, um, and end up winning by you know eight goals or or that sort of margin where we're just we're never really um, contested in terms of best players or most important players this, uh, for this game. I think if you look at um, uh, probably Boak is, is really important. I think he's been a little bit down uh, in the last few weeks. Um, you know, four, four and five clearances in the last three games. Um, just not really having those dominant clearance numbers and not really, uh, I guess, stepping up and, and dragging us over the line in two games where we were struggling. And, you know, having wines out was definitely important in that and, and just that you know big body around the midfield. But I really want to see Boki step up this week uh, and just dominate the clearances. Uh, goals as well. Um, he, he goes about a goal a game, or he has done in his last two All-Australian years, but he's only kicked three for the year. So I'm hoping to see a, you know, a, a, an eight-clearance, 30-touch, two-goal game from Boak and, uh, and best on ground. Like it. I like that. Look, I'm going to say Ollie's going to be best on ground. I think he'll be our best player. He's going to come back in and, uh, and dominate. But look, I'm going to pick Richmond by 27 points. 27. Seven, you 27. coward. You should be banned. <laughs> banned as a port supporter. You're a disgrace. You can, uh, you can get some good money on sports bet for Richmond, uh, actually, at the moment, Macker, if, uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're interested. Disgraceful. But, uh, you should be a Not a betting man, but uh, yeah, if I was, I'd certainly be putting some money on it, I reckon. I only bet against us, and only so it'll make me feel better when we lose, and it never does. <laughs> Uh, what do what do what do everyone that's listening in uh, think about Macca picking Richmond? I think it's disgraceful. Where is his true colours and belief? It's outrageous. Where's my loyalty, Rick? Unbelievable. It's outrageous. Where's the loyalty? And yeah. hard to you when Port Adelaide win and I get one back on you and I'm only six tips behind you in the in the tipping challenge. But it's a long season to go. Hey, uh, are we going to do um, the Who Am I? Yes, we are. We can do it right yeah. now if you want. We can do it right now. And you have to call in. Andrew, you could be the first caller. Don't be shy. Call in. You never know. Mac is not that bad. He won't be too aggressive. I promise. I'll look after you. All right? If you get through. And we don't need Nick calling through. You always call through, Nick. Um, so I've said he was on our AFL list, didn't I? Yeah, you said he played an AFL game. No, I didn't say that. I said he was on the AFL list. But okay. didn't play a game. He did play a game. Uh, he's, he was on a list, or he might still be on a list, uh, seven seasons. Okay. Seven seasons, he's on an AFL list. Or lists, to be pedantic. Could be lists or lists. There you go. Mm. Can't give it away. Mr. Speaker's already bled me for 100 bucks this week, so I can't make it too easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's, he's got his, I don't know, I'm waiting to see a picture of what he got from the poor club. So mm. he better uh, he better stump uh, up. That has to be in, uh, in selfie form, doesn't it, in the thread? It does. That's the only but, way we accept any sort of uh, any sort of merchandise-related displays is selfie so, form. So I, hope, I expect to see that. And no cowards here. You can, we're only going to give you a shot to call in. No tweeting. It's got to be a call in. Hey, just, uh, just, look, I've got to say, mate, Twitter has gone off with me picking Richmond. 
We've Good. had more tweets in the last two minutes than we've had in the last five weeks. So <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's wonderful. Dylan has said uh, Macca has no loyalty to Port Power 1997. Thanks, Dylan. Uh, Nicholas Teal has said a boo, send him off, out Macca 19 in El Scorcho. Uh, <laughs> Catherine McDonald says, thank you, Macca, you've just got us the win. <laughs> Superstitious just, tipping. Just, Thanks, Catherine. Just one, uh, one selection issue which we uh, which we miss, which might actually help you cause there, Macca, is the uh, umpire selection. We have number 18, uh, Ray Chamberlain. So expect, oh this, week, God, oh, no. expect this week, and we, we all know what Ray loves. He loves to give the big against the crowd free kick. So and I, I reckon uh, I sit, sit with uh, Cheesy Mac, who's on the, on the forums, and we always say he, he loves to give the deliberate out of bounds. So if there's even a half chance deliberate out of bounds. He loves getting the crowd angry at him for a deliberate out of bounds. Uh, the last time we had him, he gave that, uh, that one where Young just handled it straight over the boundary line. I think that yeah. one was a bit easy for him. I think this week there'll be a very contentious one where it'll be, you know, a hack out of a concert, you know, a hack out of a, a stoppage and it'll, you know, dribble over the boundary and he'll give it. So, so expect that this week, I think. Expect a nice. very controversial deliberate out of bounds from Chamberlain. Wonderful. He loves it. He loves it. <laughs> he does. Good old Razor Ray. Look, Andrea said uh, she's lost faith in me. She's picking uh, Port by 28. Matt Sullivan's. Um, Tweeted in and said, disgraceful tipping Richmond. Port by Kane's number, 18 points. Right. And, uh, yeah, so, good stuff. Good work. Good work. I like it. But will we have someone courageous enough to call in to have a stab? And I've, if we're going to talk about fashion, I, um, I've got to say that the new top, I don't know what you'd call it, the, the boys all wore them at the player sponsor night and uh, I think Kane had it in one of his pictures, the new, the new long sleeve with the zip, with the... With the the high collar, they look really really good. I recommend I recommend uh, you go out and get one of those. They they look classy, and don't buy it off of bloody Facebook, where someone's trying to scam them for fifty bucks, half the half the cost price. I don't, and then they're trying to say that it's club merchandise. I, I don't reckon it is. So just remember always uh, go to the club to uh, get the merch. And uh, Graham Hitchie's commented again on Facebook saying he's taken Sunday off work to watch it. And he wants to see uh, Sammy Gray uh, take a screamer. Nice. Don't, don't we all? I want to see Chad take a screamer. He's been a bit... He's a Jew. Uh, he's been stuck to... He's been a prisoner of gravity this year, hasn't he, Chad? He hasn't really yeah. done any high flies. He's due no. for the goal of the year or mark of the year this week. Yeah, he's due, he's due to do something a bit ridiculous to get us over the line. You know, where if he just takes a couple of uh, couple of marks where he's just unstoppable and, and, and goals at a key time. So yeah, do, you know what I mean? Like his, it's like his grunt work has gone up this year, and uh, and his outputs increased, but his flares sort of diminished this year. I think the uh, the flare probably fits a bit more in the forward line, whereas with, especially with Ollie and uh, and I guess uh, Robbie earlier in the year, we've needed him in the middle. Where I mean, it's it's a ridiculous luxury to have a, a an all Australian forward like uh, uh, Chad Wingard who can just slot into the middle and get thirty touches. Um, He's he's a pretty phenomenal player, uh, but uh, you know, hopefully with uh, with everyone back this week, he can play up forward. We can get a bit of good delivery into him, and someone can just pop one up on top of a defender's head, and he can uh, he can launch. So, yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, speaking of fashion, while we're talking about it, I didn't, Dylan, who's tweeting into us, I will say hello to Dylan. Uh, he gave me an interesting th- uh, theory on uh, John Butcher, who obviously you know I'd spend a lot of time talking about Butch. He thought. Um, uh, speaking of fashion, we should go back to the teal socks that we wore uh, when Wazza kicked his eight goals against Carlton. And in uh, when we play away against Carlton in round 12, 
Uh, we should wear teal socks and we should pick Butcher and he'll kick eight goals and it'll, it'll uh, kickstart his career. What do people think about the teal socks? Should they make a comeback? I loved it, the teal socks. Me too. I don't see what the problem was. I have three pairs of teal socks. No, I don't really, oh. Pat. Will it, will it be no, with... they, looked, uh, they looked pretty cool, I thought. Will they be coordinated with the teal pre-season Guernsey? Uh, maybe they should, but regardless of what we pair them with, uh, I think in the uh, in the Treadlers game they were it was just the original away games. But whatever they pair them with, I think the Teal Sox are lucky for developing key forwards based on uh, Dylan's theory. So uh, we'll see, we'll see whether I, I mean I don't think either of those two things will happen, but maybe that's that's all we need. Maybe that'll change change everything around. That's it. <laughs> well, look, um, what other games interest you this weekend, boys? Oh, let's have a look. Hawthorne Sydney obviously is a big game. Yep. Um, uh, a couple of big ins for um, for Hawthorne with Lewis coming back, and I think they really missed uh, Hodge and Lewis. And uh, you know, I think Hawthorne kind of act like they're they're so good that anyone can slot in. But you know, they they lost that game without Hodge and Lewis, and, and Lewis has been such a good midfielder. He's really stepped up over the last couple of years and become one of the, the top few midfielders in the league. So he'll be a big in for them. Um, and obviously Brian Lake coming back in as well for the uh, for the, the twin towers of um, of uh, uh, Tippett and, and Buddy Franklin. So so uh, I've got to I say it's pretty harsh on a Taylor Jurey. He's had a fantastic year so far this year, and he's been dropped. So a bit harsh on him. And well, that show the strength of their side. Um, but mm. yeah, I, I'm not I, I, obviously Hodge is still out, but whether they're getting pretty close to, to full fitness because he has been very good, especially over the last few weeks. So very unlucky. I reckon uh, I'm interested to see GWS in Adelaide. Yeah, that's probably my pick. GWS has been Adelaide's, uh, you know, little brother, to to use Mark Pickley's <laughs> term for for quite a while, and uh, I think they're averaging like a hundred point wins over GWS. So I think, but I think GWS might be able to stand up this week and uh, sort of expose the small defenders um, that Adelaide have got, seeing they are lacking a few and. Mm. Wouldn't that be amazing to think they they could still be equal second on the ladder after eight eight rounds? I think they're starting favourites. Yeah, well, they've got in quite uh, strong favourites this week. Which is, uh, I mean, I, I think it's I I think it's a, a pretty well 50-50 game. If anything, I'm pro- I'll probably tip Adelaide. So, um, but yeah, to see GWS go in favourites, that's it's just a, it shows how good good their young players are, and their midfield is super strong. Uh, you think if their midfield really gets on top of Adelaide, uh, they you know they're they'll they'll probably win. So it just depends which Crows show up, I think. The Crows, when they're up and about, can play some quite good footy. But um, that young midfield for GWS, even with Whitfield out, is very strong. Yeah, I reckon GWS will get the goods. Um, They're looking really impressive this year. And, uh, yeah, they're going to be a scary proposition in a couple of years' time. So... uh... It'll be very interesting. But, yeah, that's um, that's my pick. And Freo North, I reckon, boys, might be a good game. That's going to be a ripper game. It'll be interesting to see if North uh, can finish uh, Freo's winning run. And I reckon they might actually do it. Yeah, right. look, North have a habit of, of doing this kind of thing. They play really well against the uh, the, the other you know good teams. And they seem to drop their games against uh, the, the crap teams. And, and Freo have mm. got to lose one. I've got a, a very close mate who's a, a big Freo supporter who thinks they're pretty well going to win the rest of the year out. But uh, we know it doesn't work like that, or very rarely does it work like that. And I don't think Freo are that far ahead that they're just going to smash every other team like uh, you know 2008 Geelong or a, you know 2000 Bombers. So they're going to drop one, and uh, this is the kind of game where they might. 
But given that it's Subiaco, uh, you'd definitely, you know, you'd be, I think you'd be silly to pick um, North, but... Uh, but they did beat them there last year. Yeah, oh, that's right, that's right. So, mm. um, definitely, definitely possible. Speaking of favourites, are we um, a little bit overestimated by the bookies? Well, I think so. I'm pretty shocked. Um, I'm just looking at the AFL website now, and on Crown Bet, Richmond are three dollars sixty-five, which seems like a pretty big odds. But I guess that just means that a lot of money's gone to port, really. But yeah, people. I think it's going to be a hell of a lot closer than that. But yeah, I think people think we're we're not going to have that many bad games in a row. We were good enough last year that uh, you know, especially with the uh, the corns retirement and that sort of thing, you'd think we'd bounce back. Um, if we don't bounce back, then you know we we are looking really you know, down the barrel of a, of a year or struggling to make finals or that sort of thing. So, um, very important game for us. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the punters are backing us in. Bevan's excited the fact that Carlton's got a Friday night game. Obviously, he thinks they don't have, a, <laughs> obviously he thinks they don't have enough. And Andrea wants Chad to, uh, to learn to stay down and take crumbs down, down forward off our three tools so he can get a few goals. Finally, finally, Carlton are getting some of the exposure they deserve. Oh, yes. It's been a long time coming. I've been saying all year, yeah. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely with that. Uh, we, we do need that crumbing help, so that's a good observation. Um, Chad's very capable of it. Uh, we just need bodies in the forward line to make some space. Uh, I think if you look at what teams have been doing to us over the last couple of weeks, they've been parking a couple of loose tools back and then just beating us with work rate and getting more players to the contest. So they're able to win in the air and then they're getting more players on the ground or at least break even in the air and getting more players to us on the ground. So hopefully uh, our work rate's a bit higher this week. Um, the likes of Sam Gray and, and Ollie Wines can can get in, you know, get involved to co- you know, get more numbers to contest, I guess, and get the bodies in there. And, and hopefully that'll open up space for guys like Wingard and Gray. And, uh, yeah, we can get on top of it. That's it. And, of course, there's no Maggies to talk about this week because uh, it's buy round in the SANFL. It's, uh, it's the state match between uh, South Australia and WA. We've got just the one player uh, playing this week in Stevie Summerton. Um, I guess we'd be hoping for a, a win for the SANFL there. Oh, well, yeah. I hope Summerton has a good game, and I don't care whether the SANFL win or not. <laughs> um, I hope Summerton has a good game. It doesn't get injured pretty well. That's it. I, I, I have no interest in the NFL beating anyone. I'm not really uh, overly fussed. Pass. Go Samo. Go Samo. That's that's it. That's the end of it. Go Samo. Well, look, we might uh, leave it there tonight, boys. Cool. Thanks for having me. Good night. Thanks for coming on again, buddy. Macca, you were worried we are going to run out of things to say after uh, five minutes. We're... We've done well. We have done well. Very well. Yeah. Very nice. We're the pride of Brisbane town. We wear maroon, blue and gold. We always fight for victory like Fitzroy Bears of old. All for one and one for all. We'll answer all the call. Go Lions, Brisbane Lions. We'll keep winning score. You'll hear mighty roll. There you go. Done. He's gone, Done. Uh, gone a bit shy. Where was the, the uh, you know, powerful... We're the pride of Brisbane town. We wear maroon, blue and gold. We'll always fight for victory like Fitz. Look, I've done the right thing here and uh, have muted Rick. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening again tonight. And, uh, look, I hope you uh, listen again next week when I promise uh, Rick will no longer sing. <laughs> <laughs>
on this podcast. The winning score. Come up here. Puts the ball across towards a teammate. Yeah. Rick's hand pass, though, slapped, and now needs away. Everything falling into place. Need the beneficiary running down towards the 50. Lines up, bacon goal square. How about this? This is breathtaking. <laughs>